0: It's the most wonderful time of the year. At least that's what Andy Williams uh, sang back in uh, 1963, way before my time. And that has become a byword for this time of year, the most wonderful time of the year. Now, uh, Christmas may be the most wonderful time of the year for you, uh, or it may not. But what is true is probably the busiest and for many of you, it's the messiest, the time of the year where the most stress or the most pressures or the most problems in the world. And this morning, as we uh, begin our study of God's word for this uh, celebration of Christmas, uh, we picked a, a rather strange title, but it's this, Finding Christ in Your Christmas. Okay? Now, I, I just, I've got to say this. I am not starting a new protest movement, okay? That's very popular uh, this, in our day and in our country, okay? I, I'm not wanting us to stop calling it Christmas and start calling it Christmas, okay? That's not what we're doing here. What we want to call attention to is the fact that the, there's a tragedy that in many ways, that's what we can turn Christmas into, Christmas. But that's nothing new. We're not the first ones to do that. In fact, the very first Christmas was very busy and very messy. It was a problem field time. The first Christmas was a, a terrible mess for Mary and Joseph. It was not just them either, all the major characters that we read about in the first Christmas. Uh, they had the same kinds of stresses and problems and pressures that you do, and in fact, to a much greater degree than you or I have them. And the wonderful thing is that in that time, in the Christmas narratives that we read about, and we're going to base our study this year on Luke chapter 2, all those characters in Luke 2, now, some of them found the Messiah in the midst of the mess and the mishaps others were so consumed with things that don't matter that they miss the Messiah and friend that can happen to you and to me and I don't know what kind of mess you may be dealing with this Christmas but God does and God cares And just like he did for Mary and Joseph, God wants to turn your earthly chaos into an eternal celebration of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So, how can we find Christ in our Christmas? Luke chapter 2, verse 1. At that time... The Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Now, I I want you to notice the word time there, okay, in verse 1. That's really important. You see, there are a lot of people who think that the Bible is just a bunch of myths and fables. friend the bible is an accurate historical record do you know how many dates and events and times are listed in the scripture okay do you know how many times people have tried to disprove the bible and say that it's historically inaccurate that's not based on fact or truth do you know how many times people have done that and they've never been able and there's a reason for that because the bible is indeed an accurate history. The gospel that we're reading, that we'll focus on this Christmas, written by Luke. Luke was a physician. He's a very intelligent man. He was a scholar. He was so much of a scholar that he that Luke was hired by a Roman official named Theophilus to write down a historical record for the Roman Empire of the life of Jesus and the movement that he began that changed the world and changed the empire. And Luke gives us the date when Jesus was born. He says it was during the first census that was uh, ordered by the emperor Augustus and was carried out by an administrator named Quirinius, who was the governor of Syria. Now we know from other historical records that Quirinius conducted two censuses, uh, whatever the plural of census is. Okay, and the first one, Luke one says, Luke two verse one says, uh, it w- that we know that census was conducted between six to four BC during that time span. And scholars are pretty well established that, based on all the historical records, that Jesus was almost certainly born in four BC. All right? Now that actually means that we ought to add four years to our calendar. Uh, did you know this isn't really 2017, that this is 2021? We've always been a little behind? Well, okay, then maybe that's a reason, OK? But friend, you see, this is important, because the birth of Jesus Christ is not a fable. It's not some myth that you know, was passed down over generations and changed and altered and made up. And, no, it's history. It's documented historical fact. Now, a census was ordered by Augustus. Why? Why did he order a census? Okay, that's a lot of work, okay? Well, two reasons, all right? One, so we could tax everyone in the empire, okay? Second reason, so the the census was for military draft, too. Rome had an empire. They had a huge army that they had to maintain. They needed more soldiers. They needed to draft. Now, with regard to Mary and Joseph, uh, Jews were exempt from military service, not because they were terrible fighters, (laughs) but because they hated Rome so much. The emperor was afraid that if if they were in the army, they'd turn and start fighting against uh, the Romans. So let's go, keep going. Verse three, all, okay, everyone in Israel, all, uh, was supposed to, by decree of the, the Caesar, they were supposed to return to their own ancestral town, okay? And I don't know where your ancestral town is, you know, where your ancestors are from, but imagine now, okay, uh, Emperor Trump has decreed a census, and you have to go back to your ancestral town. Okay, that's what they had to do to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go back to the city of David, which is? You are great scholars. That was wonderful. You knew that right away. He had to go back to Bethlehem, David's ancient home. And he traveled there from the village of Nazareth, where he and Mary were living at that time. So Joseph is ordered back uh, to the town of his ancestor, King David. Uh, Not so he'd be drafted, okay, that wasn't the problem. But he was ordered back there so he would just have the wonderful privilege of paying higher taxes. What do you think of the new tax bill? Now, uh, President Trump says it's going to be great. Chuck Schumer says that my taxes are going to go through the roof. I don't know who to believe. It's a mess. But friend, whatever mess that you and I will face with taxes in America, it's nothing compared to the mess that Joseph faced. You see, Rome levied taxes, and then they were collected. You couldn't pay online. You couldn't, you know, mail in a check, okay? There were tax collectors. Rome established the tax for everyone, but what happened? What did the tax collectors do? Their salary came from a commission. Now, when you pay your taxes, there's a tax table and so you can see exactly what you owe, okay? They didn't have tax tables in that day. The the tax collector told you what you owed, and he always hacked or hiked a, a nice commission on a hefty commission. And there were no tax breaks for poor people. That was the first Christmas mess for Joseph exorbitant taxes. Verse 4, he took Mary with him to whom he was engaged who was now expecting a child. Now as messy as the first Christmas was for Joseph, it was worse for Mary. This was a terrible time. Mary was eight months pregnant. Now that was a terrible time for an eight month pregnant lady to be going on a 100 mile walk or donkey ride from Nazareth down to Bethlehem. Uh, When Donna was about uh, six months pregnant uh, with Josh, uh, we went to Pennsylvania, we drove to Pennsylvania and uh, we decided to just drive straight through, 20 hours in the car. When we got there, I was alarmed at how swollen Donna's ankles were. Now, some of you ladies know all about that. You can identify, okay. Her ankles were so swollen, and I felt so bad and hoped everything would be okay after 20 hours. Now, what do you think Mary looked like after five days of walking or riding a donkey over rugged terrain through a wilderness? When they finally arrived in Bethlehem, they tried to get a room at Motel 6, But all the other ancestors of David that had to go there for the census, I mean, as they're on the road, they just raced right past Mary and Joseph. Who weren't making very good time. And they got to Bethlehem first and got all the rooms in town. And so the only shelter that Mary and Joseph could find was a stable or most likely a cave where animals were kept. So instead of a royal room that was fit for the king of kings, he was born in a cave. And he was placed not in a crib, in a feeding trough for the donkeys. For Mary and Joseph, the first Christmas was their Christmas. Christmas. It was a terrible time for a pregnant teenage mom to make a 100-mile trip. It was a terrible time for a young carpenter with just enough work to make ends meet to have to make a long trip to, make tax, to pay taxes that he couldn't afford. And you know what? Both Mary and Joseph could have said no to all that. They could have said, no, God, I don't have time. When the angel told Mary that she, a virgin, was going to have a child and not by her fiancé, she could have said, God, I'm not going to be humiliated like that for the rest of my life. But instead she said, Lord, I am your servant, and I'll do your will whatever. When the angel told Joseph that his fiance was pregnant and he knew it wasn't him, Joseph could have said, God, I'm not going to have my reputation and my carpentry business suffer because, because of that I'll be mocked for the rest of my life. My business will be shot. No, God. They both could have said, no, God, that's not the plan I want, and I don't have the time to do what you're asking me to do. And so at this Christmas time, see, friend, you may say or you may have already said, I don't have time. I don't have time for all the things that I will be asked to do. I don't have time. I heard about a mother who was uh, frantically shopping, you know, going from store to store with uh, her uh, three-year-old son and in one of the stores she looked at something and then all of a sudden she realized oh wait, wait where's my son she had lost track of him and so she retraced her steps and and she found him he was, he had his nose pressed against the window you know, but, and there was a manger scene behind it a nativity scene behind it, and he said look mom it's baby jesus and she said listen i don't have time i've got to get ready for christmas And, friend, ever since, I mean, all of us, we've probably said that. I don't have time for Jesus. I've got to get ready for Christmas. That's the temptation that we all face. That's the pressure that each one of us are are, are pressured with. I don't have time. I don't have time to sit down and read my Bible. I, I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to go to church in December. I mean, there's just too much to do to get ready. How ironic that we don't have time to spend with Jesus when it's his birthday we're supposed to be celebrating. Do you have time? Yes, you do. We all have 24 hours a day. Anybody here got 25? 25? Anybody get shorts changed? You only got 23? You, we don't all have the same amount of money. We don't all have the same amount of intelligence. But we all have the same amount of time. And we decide how we use that time. What if Joseph had said, uh, I don't have time to go to Bethlehem, where the Messiah will be born. <laughs> I don't have time. I've got bookcases to build. I've got customers to satisfy. I don't have time. What if Mary had said, "I'm too young, and, and that will demand too much of my time now and for the rest of my life"? And furthermore, I'm not married. What if God had said, "I don't have time. I I don't have time." For those people down on earth who have rejected me and turned away from me and defied my commands, my laws of love. I don't have time to do anything to help that stinky, dirty planet. But you see, friend, God didn't say that. Mary didn't say it. Joseph didn't say it. Christmas is about a God who made time for you and for me. God made time. Luke chapter 6, excuse 2, verse 6, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. God made the time. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, when the time had fully come, when it was just right, God sent his son. God made the time. God made time for us. God didn't say, I don't have the time. He said, I'll make the time. And he sent his son out of his love for you and for me. We have time. Will we make time for Jesus? We think we don't have time when, in reality, again, we all have the same amount of time. We all have the days, the hours, the weeks God has given to us. You know what the problem is? It's a problem for me. We humans tend to waste time. We we waste a lot of time on things that really don't matter. That happened in the first Christmas. It'll happen this Christmas. Uh, In Luke chapter 2, we find about about the uh, first Christmas time wasters. All right? One of them was the innkeeper. He wasted his time... Making money. Now, now we wouldn't think that's wasting your time. We would think that's a good use of time. Well, compared to what? The innkeeper saw this young lady about to give birth. To whom? To the Son of God. He may have turned them away because the inn really was full. It says there was no room, Okay. But, I, you know, I've often wondered, did he turn them away because he knew he could make more money renting a room to someone who was wealthy rather than a peasant couple? If a very rich couple had come, would he have made room for them? He didn't make time for the Son of God. He had rooms to clean, foods to serve, towels to wash, people to care for. And, you know, I don't think he was an evil person. He was just too busy making money. W- what's Christmas mostly about in America? It's about shopping. There, you know, it used to be Black Friday. Now there's Black Pre-Friday. Now and then there's Black Friday, and then there's Post-Black Friday, and every day's Black Friday. Every day I get an email saying Black Friday. It's about shopping getting more and more things we don't really need and you often can't afford. I read about uh, two guys, uh, they lived in Oregon, and one of them had a sailboat, and uh, their wives were gonna go shopping, and so they decided they would go sailing instead. Well, while they were out, an unexpected storm blew in, and it really was turbulent, it was so turbulent, they weren't sure they were gonna even survive. And, but finally, they were able to make their way close to shore. But then they had a sandbar, and the sailboat uh, grounded. And so they had to jump out. This is Oregon in December. They had to jump out into the icy water and push and shove to, to, get the sand, to get the sailboat off the sandbar out into deeper water. And there they were. They were standing knee-deep in mud, and they were getting knocked by these uh, you know, powerful waves against the boat. But finally they reached the shore and one of them said the other Well, it beats shopping, doesn't it? Now I don't know how you feel about shopping. I don't know if you enjoy it or despise it. But you know, compared to other things, it can be a real waste of time. There's something that beats Christmas shopping worshiping Jesus Christ instead of wasting our time on things that really don't matter King Herod not just the innkeeper King Herod, he wasted his time too what? building his kingdom now King Herod would have said building my kingdom is the most important thing I can do but was it really? Herod was a tyrant Herod killed anyone he felt was a threat to his throne. Herod killed his brother-in-law. Herod killed his mother-in-law. Herod killed his wife, Maryam. When the wise men came to Jerusalem and asked Herod, where is the baby who is king of the Jews? He was livid. He ordered the slaughter of every baby boy in Bethlehem. Herod wasted his time trying to keep his own kingdom that he was soon going to lose. Herod probably died in less than six months after he ordered ordered the slaughter of every baby boy. He was trying to build his own kingdom. And friend, we can do that as Americans. We can make our job our God. We can make our success, our status in life, our possessions. We can make those our God. They're so real. They're so powerful to us. Don't waste your time on things you're going to lose. Let the king of kings be your king. The spiritual people the religious people of Jesus' day, you know what? They wasted their time. If there were ever a group of people that should have been first in line to go worship Jesus Christ, the Messiah that was born in Bethlehem, who, would that, who should that have been? It should have been the, the religious people who knew the Old Testament prophecies. It should have been the chief priests. It should have been the scribes who, who preached about the coming of the Messiah but they never went. They never bothered to travel the five miles from Bethleh- from Jerusalem to Bethlehem to go worship the one who created us to be spiritual beings so that we could have a personal relationship with God. Have you ever thought about the fact that the people in Jerusalem, the ones who never went To find the Messiah. Do you ever think about the fact that they saw the star too? I mean, it was over Jerusalem, and then it was over Bethlehem. The wise men saw it. Do you think they never heard anything about this Messiah being being, being, being born? Who went to see him? Why? Why wouldn't they make time to go five miles away to meet the Son of God, to meet the Messiah? Well, Jesus told us why. One day he said to the religious people, one day he said to people who really wanted to be spiritual, okay? And that's, that's kind of a byword here in America. Well, I'm not, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. I have my own religion. I've made up my own rules. I, 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 I've made up my own idea of who God is and what he really does. I'm a spiritual person one day jesus said to the spiritual people in this world you spend all your time trying to impress people rather than pleasing god and friend that is such an easy trap to fall into hey boy it's easy for pastors i gotta impress people i gotta keep them coming back i gotta please people You know, I mean, we need people in our church, you know, to serve and to give and to go and all that kind of stuff. You know, i got to please people. And I know you have that temptation too. And you know what? It's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Fourth, the spiritual procrastinators. You know, most of the people in Jerusalem who never went to meet the Messiah you know I think most of them when they heard when they saw the star when they heard about the wise men when they heard the reports of the shepherds you know when they heard about the Messiah I think most of the people in Jerusalem you said you know someday I'm going to go I'm going to go uh, worship that guy Some, someday I'm going to go meet the person that they're saying is the Messiah when I have time when I have time. When I have time. The procrastinators saw the star. They heard about the baby. They knew something amazing was happening in Bethlehem. They said they'd go check it out. Someday. Someday. Will we make time for the Messiah? Mary and Joseph, they didn't have time. They made time. It wasn't easy. It wasn't convenient at all. And it wasn't a wonderful celebration like Christmases are to us. A time to be with family, a time to eat together, a time to enjoy each other, a time to give gifts. No, it wasn't for them at all. It wasn't easy. to to to, to take time, but they made time. And friend, if God made time for us, can't we make time for him? Let's get ready for Christmas. Not by getting all the shopping done. Not by doing the decorating. Not by going to all the parties. That's not how you really get ready for Christmas. Let's get ready by making Jesus Christ the focal point of all that we do, of all that we say. Christ came. And you know what? He's coming back. He's coming back. And he's coming back whether we're ready or not. In fact, the Bible says that he's going to come when what? We least expect it when we've got gotten ready when we're not thinking about his return when our we're so consumed with other things that we are not consumed with jesus christ the king of kings and the lord of lords let's get ready and friend again i don't know what you're going through for some of you your christmas is going to be messy Maybe this is the first Christmas without a loved one. Maybe this is a Christmas where you've gotten a pink slip or are you afraid you are in January. Maybe this is a Christmas where there's conflicts with friends or relatives and you are just dreading some of those, uh, some of those family gatherings. I don't know. Your Christmas may, might be messy. But friend, like Mary and Joseph, you can find Christ in the messiness. You can put him first and then everything else takes second place. And you can have joy and peace that just passes all your understanding. Because he's Lord and he's in the mess. So so what can we do? now if we just walk out here and don't do anything it'll be a mess with no meaning to it but how can we find christ in christmas i don't know i'm just going to give you three suggestions you'll come up with other god will speak to you about others but do you know here's a good one that a lot for a lot of us turn off your electronic devices turn off your your phone for a half hour turn off the tv for an hour And talk to god and thank him thank him for sending his son talk with your family talk with your spouse talk with your children let's talk about what christmas is really all about god sent his son for us that's what that's when we'll find christ in the mess two Put Jesus before your pleasures, before your parties, before your presence. When you're scheduling in something, you're asked to do something, you're invited to something, ask yourself, should I really do this? Or is it going to take away from my time with the Lord? Well, I just squeeze Jesus right outside of my schedule when I'm supposed to be celebrating his birth. Put Jesus in your calendar first before all the other things that will ask for your time. And number three, help others find Christ in their messes. Friend, God has brought people into your life. You work with them. You live on the same street as they do. They are your friends. You play golf with them. You go shopping with them, whatever it is. Help others find Christ. Yesterday, ladies, thank you. You invited your friends. You invited your coworkers. They heard about Jesus. Many of them don't know him personally. Help others. That's why we're still here. That's why Jesus Christ hasn't come back again because you have friends and you have family members who one day are going to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they haven't done it yet. And that's why Jesus hasn't come yet. Maybe it's this Christmas. That you have the privilege of helping someone come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you have the privilege of living with him forever and ever in the kingdom of heaven. Help others find Christ in their Christmas. Shall we pray? Lord, there are so many things that will ask for our time and our attention this Christmas season. There are so many other things that we can worship this December other than Jesus. Our own pleasures, possessions, whatever it might be. There will be countless temptations to squeeze Christ right out of Christmas. Oh, God, help us not to do that. And dear Lord, I know for some here today, Christmas will get messy. An unexpected death. A broken relationship bills that can't be paid a health crisis lord whatever it might be lord that nothing the bible says can keep us from the love of god poured out on us through your son jesus christ coming to this earth to die on the cross for all our sins and coming back again to take his followers to a heavenly home where there will be no more messes, where there will be no more problems, where there will be no more evil, where there will be no more death. And God, I pray that that will be our focus this Christmas. Friend, do you know the Lord Jesus personally? The people in Jerusalem didn't take the time to, to go meet the Messiah, have you? If you looked up in the face of God and said, God, I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. I've disobeyed you. But I understand that you sent your son to this earth to die on a cross for me. And I want Jesus to be my Savior. And I want him to be my king. I want to line up my life according to your will. I want to follow Jesus. Because he's the only way who can get me, he's the only one who can get me through heaven's gates. And Lord, I do that. And I want to help others find him too. Thank you, dear Father. Then in all the crisp messes that we'll face, Christ is Lord. Christ is Lord. and while you're still seated our worship team's going to play a song let, let just uh, be silent focus on what they're saying singing let this be a prayer turn your attention to god let him speak to you as an act of worship let's let's start worshiping christ this christmas with our whole being